Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does that verse in Exodus 20 really mean? How do we, decidedly unholy people, keep one day a week holy? Is not working, as the commandment suggests, enough? What are we missing? Let's put that question to our host, Dr. Tim Jennings. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, is Sabbath keeping simply a law for us to follow, or is there more to it than meets the eye? So this is a great question, Charles. And so let's ask this question. If you were to worship a pagan god on the Sabbath hours, have you made the Sabbath less holy? To me, it seems that the Sabbath is holy not by what I do, but what God has done. So the answer would be no. The no, Sabbath is right. still holy. You're yes. worshiping a pagan god, doesn't make the Sabbath. If you worship the righteous god and do righteous living on the Sabbath, have you made it more holy? No, probably just the same as it was. So we have to process, what does it mean to remember the Sabbath mm. to keep it holy? Mm -hmm. Its holiness doesn't change based on our conduct, does it? No, no, I don't think so. So then what does it mean? Is Are we keeping the Sabbath holy or are we keeping ourselves holy? Okay, I'm seeing where you're going here. And if we're keeping ourselves holy, can you keep yourself holy only one day in seven? <laughs> Sometimes it seems that's true. <laughs> well, many Christians, this is what they think. If yeah. I go to church on the right day of the week that I understand to be the right day of the week, I, you know, I do anything, I do all my worldly stuff all week long, and then I put it aside for one day a week, I'm holy. Mm -hmm. This was the Pharisees and the Jews in Christ's day. This is how they kept the Sabbath. Read the Old Testament, how they kept the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, they were waiting to sundown to go back and cheat people. Mm -hmm. But as long as they didn't cheat people on Sabbath, it's good. Mm -hmm. No, this is, there is no holiness in that. The people who wanted Christ off the cross wanted him down so they could keep the Sabbath, Sabbath. after they just crucified the Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. There is no holiness in that. So what does it mean to be holy? Holiness, as I understand it, is restoration to godliness, to have God's law, character, methods restored in us so that we are unified with the holy God. We are restored to his original ideal. No longer I that live, but Christ lives in us. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. So the Sabbath is a gift. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Right. What's its purpose? Why was it made for man? How does it help us stay holy? What makes us unholy? Well, would you say what makes us unholy is breaking the law of God? Would you say that would be true? I would think so, yes. Okay. Well, how did the law of God get broken? What kind of law? And this takes us back to understanding governance. God has a government. Satan also has a government. There's the law of God. The Bible talks about the law of sin and death. Do you understand the difference between the governments? Each government of the world is, is based on those governments' laws. How do we understand God's law? Do we understand God's law as the creator, his laws of the laws upon which reality are built, as he built space, time, energy, matter, life, he built the laws of gravity, physics, um, and, as well as the law of love and the moral laws, the laws upon which reality operate? Or do we understand God's laws functioning no different than you and I make up, what, what humans make up, a system of rules that we then have to punish people for breaking? That's Satan's government. Two laws, two types of governance. In creation week, 
God demonstrated his method by creating, let there be light, let the firmament come forth, let the land come forth. And he makes animals, he makes life, he makes man in his own image. He gives them a dominion to govern. And then he, after demonstrating by creation, making a world that operates on the law of love, everything giving to bless everything else, God then rests his case. The universe, you've seen all what I've created. Take time aside, consider, reflect. See, day one through six of creation week, we learn that God is powerful. Powerful. Think of the power displayed in creating. But day seven shows something else about God. It shows the character of the one who wields the power. You see, Satan had already made his allegations that God's untrustworthy. And rather than God using power to force compliance, bow or I'll kill you, God instead created this world as a spectacle, a theater to angels and to men, 1 Corinthians 4, 9. And then he said, after you've seen what I've done, universe, take 24 hours aside, consider for yourself. And the Sabbath reveals that God presented truth in love and leaves us free without coercion, no pressure, no coercion. And what makes something holy is the attributes of God and his character Prime attributes is he is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He is love, and he gives us freedom. And so the Sabbath is the reminder, the gift of us, that with God we have truth, we have love, and we're always left free. And so the Sabbath became a special day of rest by its construction. It was created as that day. And so it becomes a sign or a symbol or an evidence of God's governance and how he governs. Like the U.S. flag is a sign of the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. The U.S. flag is not the U.S. government. It's simply a sign or an evidence of it. The Sabbath is not God's government. It's simply a gift to us for us to utilize all week long. Remember the Sabbath. Remember to live your lives truthfully in love for God and others, leaving people free all week long. If you look at the other major day of Christian worship, how it came to be a day of worship, and any Christian scholar will tell you this, it came to be a day of worship by legislation. Legislation, yes, yes. Okay, that's the human systems of government. Thus, that day is a sign or a mark of all those who will coerce and force people to do their way. It doesn't mean that if you go to church on Sunday, you, you are part of the world system or Satan's government, or if you go to church on the seventh-day Sabbath, that you're part of God's government. It means those two days stand or signs of two systems of governing. Just as in World War II, Nazi soldiers put on U.S. uniforms and put on the U.S. flag on their shoulder and infiltrated our lines to do harm, there are many people who worship on the Bible Sabbath who are not on God's team, like the Jews who crucified Christ. There are many people who worship on Sunday who live the principles of living truthfully, loving God and others, and leaving people free. They're Sabbath keepers. This is what the evidence of the Sabbath stands for. And it's a weekly day that comes around every week that the whole world passes through, and it gives an opportunity to exercise our trust in God for those who have been enlightened to the true meaning of what it stands for, to appreciate the government of God for what he does, to come alongside every week and rest with God, because we appreciate his character and nature of truth, love, and freedom. So when Christ in giving the Ten Commandments, said not to work on that day. What was the purpose? Why did, why did he say don't work on that day? 
because it was about not pursuing selfishness. It was about entering into selflessness. It was about entering into trusting God with outcomes. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it. So every seven days, God gives us an opportunity to trust him with our finances, trust him with our, our estates, trust him with our lives, to stop working to promote and advance ourselves and trust him with our harvest, even if things are looking bad. It's an opportunity to exercise trust in God that grows stronger as we exercise it. Every week we get to do that. That's interesting. You're telling us that we need to exercise rest. (laughs) I like that. That's great. It's not a physiological rest. It's Physiological rest is sleeping. It's a rest of the mind. It's a rest of battling for getting ahead. It's a rest of working in this world. It's a rest from from the chores and labors of life, not a a physiologic rest. Mm -hmm. It's a rest for the mind and the soul. So all of these rules and regulations that came along in the Old Testament about how to keep the seventh-day Sabbath— These are man-made rules and regulations that were put in there, right? As soon as you go down the line of making rules, you have taken the right Right, day and you've punched it into the imperial human law construct, so then you make the the day of the week that the Bible teaches the Sabbath represent Satan's government. Yes, yes. This is why in Isaiah, to actually be a Sabbath keeper, the Sabbath must be a delight. You actually Mm -hmm. must enjoy it. See, you can make your children eat broccoli. You cannot make them enjoy it. That's true. True. Okay, and so many people, like the Jews in Christ's day, Pharisees and so forth, kept the Sabbath day out of obligation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there was no joy in it. There was no delight in it. And so teaching people the right day of the week and then somehow teaching it to them under the human law, well, God has a law, and he made up this law, uh, just like a human makes up a law, and it's his law, and if you break it, then he'll be forced to punish you for it, and you better not break it because he's got his angel watching you just like a police officer following you, and you wouldn't speed if you were on the street and had a police officer with radar behind you, so you better not ever break the Sabbath because God's right behind you, and he's keeping every little check on you, and and therefore you you do all that, and you don't do this, and you don't do that— you are not actually keeping the Sabbath. Mm. There is no Sabbath observance there because the Sabbath has to be a delight. It has to be a joy. The only way to truly keep the Sabbath is to have God's law of truth, love, and freedom written in your heart. And you celebrate this day as an evidence that God has given you to prove that Satan has lied about him. You see, if Satan were true, that God was the dictator that Satan says he is, there would be no Sabbath. We would have no freedom. We would just do what God says or else he'll kill us. But the Sabbath proves Satan lied, and we celebrate that, and we're so thankful for it. Dr. Jennings, how do you teach that to a child? You teach it to the child by making that day a day of celebration every week. We're so thankful. This is a day we don't have to do any homework. This is a day we don't have to do any any housework. This is a day that we're free to celebrate together. We go out for a nature walk. We can go and feed the ducks, and we can do all kinds of wonderfully joyful things and play Sabbath games or whatever else you want to do on the Sabbath. It's a time of celebration. Children like to interact with their parents and their grandparents. It's a day you get together with family. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, in the couple of minutes we have left here on the program, Dr. Jennings, I want you to share with our listeners how to begin that journey. How do you start the process, the restoration process? What's the first step? It starts with getting to know Jesus. It does not start with which way to go to church on. Mm. I will tell you that for sure. Mm -hmm. It starts with getting to know Jesus because it all starts with a change of heart. And the change of heart starts with getting to know Jesus. And as you get to know Jesus, you want to study more fully his creatorship and how he built his universe to operate and his laws are design laws, protocols upon which reality operate. And then the purpose in the context of this war where Satan had started a rebellion in heaven against God. What does it mean that God, rather than simply forcing compliance with power, gave freedom? 
Incredible. And the next great evidence was at the cross. And after Christ achieved and revealed, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And all power had been given unto him in John 13. And when they were abusing him with all power, Jesus did not use any power to stop us from killing him. We had that much freedom. And as soon as he died on the cross, the universe entered another 24 hours of rest to reflect and consider the new evidence that God had just given in his son, Jesus Christ. And so this is how God works. He doesn't force us to comply with threats of punishment. He presents truth in love to win us. And this is the beauty. You see, what God wants, he wants our loyalty. He wants our devotion. He wants our love. He wants us to trust him. You cannot get loyalty, devotion, and love by threatening to kill people who don't give it to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the world system. This is how the Sabbath has been presented to millions as, well, today, a test of obedience. If you don't do it, God will punish you. That actually promotes Satan's lie against God. And it doesn't matter what day of the week you put out there with that lie. When you really see the Sabbath for what it is, it is a weekly evidence that God is the creator God who presents truth and love and gives us freedom because he wants to win us back to a love relationship with him. Oh, my. Dr. Tim Jennings has a website, comeandreason.com. Listener, I invite you to visit there. You'll see his blogs and his video programs and uh, these podcasts as well as the books that he's written. I think that you will find even more inspiration. This program provides you with much inspiration, but there you'll find even more to add to what you learn here. That's comeandreason.com. What a horrible thing sin has done to our beautiful Sabbath. Charles, what a horrible thing sin has done to the human race. Yes, yes. yes. To the human race (laughs) and to this world. Okay, well, our time has flown by. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing these words of wisdom with us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mill along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.